the Ghana guys and girls here to give you your daily dose of Ghana. I'm Victor. I'm Haley. I'm Nolan. And I'm Ju. Alright, let's get started. Remember to follow along on the note sheet and fill in the blanks. Does anyone want to talk about how the empire came to be? Sure. Ghana started a little after 500 Common Era, and there were small villages of Stone Age farmers led by chieftains, and were one of the first people to use iron technology. Iron technology, along with getting horses by trading with the nomads of the Sahara, allowed them to dominate neighboring villages and expand their territories until they finally became an empire. So where do you think they got the iron? Well, I read somewhere that they may have gotten the idea of using it from some nomads they saw, but they probably discovered it while mining in their gold mines by accident. Interesting, Nolan. I'll talk about the decline. The Ghana Empire fell during the 12th century following droughts, civil wars, trade routes closing, and the rise of both Soso and the Mali Empire. The decline of Ghana started as Muslim crusades and began to enter Ghana's territory, which disrupted the trade and divided people. Talking about people, I think I remember some cool ones during the kingdom's prosperity, so I'll talk about them. One important leader I remember was Kaya Magar Sise, a king of a realm called Wagadu. He rose to prominence in West Africa around 300 Common Era. The sons and grandsons of his house then extended their rule over several other kingdoms, turning them into vassal states. Just so you know, a vassal state is a state with some independence, but dominated by another state in its laws and foreign affairs. Many of the names of the Ghana rulers are unknown, and only a few of their deeds have been passed into recorded history. So for him to have his name recorded must mean he's pretty important. He was probably one of the people who helped Ghana get some amazing cultural achievements, like art, literature, architectural, and art intellectual advancements. Ghana was one of the first societies to start using iron, and were some of the first people to trade with nomads for their wide assortment of goods. They figured out how to use gold in everything they did because they had an abundance and made gold their currency, using it to trade goods rather than using goods for other goods. Oh yeah, trading. Trading was a huge part of Ghana's economy. The foundation of the economy included trade routes and items that were traded for various luxury goods from the Mediterranean world, Europe, and North Africa. They included iron products such as knives, scissors, needles, and razors. They also mined and traded metal and mined goods such as brass and copperware, various luxury items such as garments of silk, velvet and brocade, glass and porcelain beads, other ornaments and jewelry, mirrors, carpets, and perfumes. Finally, they also traded food such as tea, coffee, and sugar. Merchants from Islam would have to travel over two months through the desert just to trade with Ghana. That's true. Religion was a significant impact on Ghana, especially Islam, which was introduced by traders of Salheim tribes of the West Africa. Religion allowed these people to support each other and come together during hard times, which was a big reason Ghana thrived for so long. So, if I heard you all right, Ghana was basically one of the big kickstarters for the economy of Africa due to its huge amount of gold. Then, they also had lots of technological advancements that other kingdoms learned from them, which spread the knowledge and made them one of the epicenters of ancient African culture. Yeah, sounds about right. Does everyone else agree? Yeah, I agree. Yep, sounds like we've got everything on today's Daily Dose of Ghana. See all you Ghana enthusiasts again tomorrow. Bye!